Welcome into Locked On Knicks, and we are joined again by John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And Gavin, this time around, what are we talking about with John? We are getting into the Boston Celtics. Know thy enemy. Does Jason Tatum have the stuff to be the number one guy on an NBA championship team? How real is their pursuit of Kevin Durant? And does John think they should trade Jalen Brown for him? All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We want to thank you guys for making us your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you guys making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster getting into football season, the best time of the year, in my opinion, for mm-hmm. covering sports, having once covered high school sports once upon a time. Uh, but we're not talking about high school football today. We are talking about the Boston Celtics. This episode's probably going to make some people really angry in our YouTube comments, but it's okay. Uh, we're getting the intel on the enemy. You know what I mean? It's fun to talk about the other teams, particularly in division. I struggled to call the Celtics a division rival. Uh, I begrudgingly admit a few times in this episode, they're actually a very good organization to want to model yourself after if it's uh, 2022 and you're in the National Basketball Association. So we get the scoop from John Corrales on you know, where the Celtics are at right now, the moves they've made this offseason, where John thinks they slot into the championship picture again this year after a finals appearance, and a bunch of other stuff. So I won't hold this up anymore. We'll get into part two of our episode with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics right uh, now. John, 32 minutes in. Let's let's talk some Boston Celtics. Let's, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> if you ever me, wondered why Locked On Celtics never makes time, no, this I, we're, we're, we're right there with you, brother. We're right there with you. Um, but – uh, I want to know uh, what's what's going on with the Kevin Durant stuff. You know, it, it's kind of you, you talk about melodrama <laughs> and LOL Knicks. The LOL Nets is so much louder and crazier. And the Boston Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champions, much to the chagrin of Jalen Brown, are seemingly a team that is in the conversation. I know there were reports out that those talks were old, but then Shams noting today the Celtics, one of three teams most likely to be involved in further Kevin Durant negotiations. What's the latest on that? And where are you at on potentially dealing a, a stalwart like Brown? Um, I like I, I don't want to use the phrase selling your soul because the goal is to win a title and Kevin Durant helps you win a title. Mm-hmm. But a little, a little bit of selling your soul potentially to go get Kevin Durant. I'm on record as saying I'm not – I don't want to do this deal. I don't want to do the rumored deal. I don't want to do any Jalen Brown deal. I, and it may, be, it may be short-sighted. There are people who will certainly argue, now's the time. Kevin Durant, go get him. Put him next to Jason Tatum. You may have to give up a piece or two, but Kevin Durant makes up for that and blah, 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 and you increase your chances. You don't – it doesn't mean that you actually win a championship. Like, people are – people – make their argument as if, hey, you just go win your championship now. Like, 
having Kevin Durant in your team doesn't automatically give you a championship. I think we've seen that. The Celtics just swept Brooklyn. And, you know, he's he had success, obviously, in Golden State with a lot of extra help. But Kevin Durant's been on some really good teams that didn't win championships. So I push back on the people who say you've got to, you've got to do it because you've got to win a championship now and you worry about later, later. Celtics were just in the finals. So um, obviously there's no guarantee that you get back to the finals right away, but the Celtics have Jalen Brown at 25, Jason Tatum at 24. These guys are just starting to, to touch their prime and they are exceptional two-way players. Tatum obviously is uh, a first-team All-NBA guy. Jalen Brown is not that far, I don't think, from being considered for a third-team All-NBA. Like he, he could be an All-NBA guy. I mean, he has some health issues, but he's had stretches in the playoffs, in the regular season, months at a time where he's been better than Jason Tatum. In the finals, most notably. In the finals, right? And so he has plenty of talent. And there's a reason why the Brooklyn Nets would want him in a deal with Boston. He's When you scan the league and you say, what players do you want in return for Kevin Durant? Jalen Brown, if he's available, is is one of the top guys that you can get, depending on your opinion of the other guys. Um, I have believed from the beginning – when Woj dropped the bomb at 2.30 or 2 in the morning uh, on a Sunday going into Monday, that this has all been Brooklyn-driven, trying to get Boston involved in order to drive up the price so they can try to shake Scotty Barnes free from Toronto or um, uh, Brand, uh, or, or, or uh, Ingram from uh, New Orleans – and I, I just don't see the Celtics as desperate enough. You, the, the latest Shams report where he, he ends it with these big Boston overtures, how Kevin Durant's become close with Ime Udoka and really developed some respect for Ime as a coach uh, from Team USA and from the year that he was in Brooklyn. And it's like really the selling point, That's it feels like, well, Brooklyn's people are very much putting it out there like, hey, hey, you know, we're he's he's asking out now after four he's signing a four year deal. He's not going to disrespect Ime. He likes Ime. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I look at it, I understand that he's Kevin Durant, but I also understand that he's 36 and you're going to be paying him almost $60 million as a 38 year old. And without. His in, with his in, injury history, with his level of the the way he treats the franchises, um, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I'd rather I'd rather go to battle with the two young guys currently on the roster than, like you said, sell your soul in an attempt to win it. Because if you don't, the downside is if you don't win with Kevin Durant and you've traded away too much and it's hard to put your team back together because you're paying him so much money. And Jason Tatum's deal happens to have an opt out in year one of that new TV deal that you mentioned, Alex, that 
Tatum's going to be one of the guys that signs that that contract, that first contract with the new TV money, which Lord knows he's going to he might end up getting paid a hundred million dollars in one year for all we know. Um, if you have that much money tied up in a failing franchise, why would Tatum resign? You have the potential for Tatum to go away, for you to be left with the a, a shell of your franchise. I don't like it. I don't like the I don't like the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario with keeping Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is in a couple of years, Jason Tatum, I mean Jalen Brown decides he doesn't want to resign. You have to trade him. And then you can trade him for a million picks and and or potentially another all-star player. And you you try to do it without missing a beat. But that's a much more palatable worst case scenario. You know, he wants to go to Atlanta and go home to Atlanta. All right, well, let's see what Atlanta's got at that time. Maybe they've got some pieces that fit, and the and the Celtics make a continue their run with different pieces. I don't know. A very long winded way for me to say I don't want Kevin Durant. I don't think it makes sense. The Celtics aren't desperate enough to give up what Brooklyn wants, and I think it's all a ploy from Sean Marks to get bigger returns from other teams. And I really don't see the Celtics involved in any way other than as a potential third team or fourth team to try and pick off a reasonably good piece with one of their traded player exceptions that could help them and help bolster their bench to make their run with Tatum and Brown. Well, it's a, it's a really interesting saga with Durant that we're going to see unfold here in the coming weeks, because shortly before we start recording this, Joe Sy comes out on Twitter to announce that he's backing Sean Marks and, uh, and Steve Nash over Kevin Durant (laughs) effectively. Um, at least that's the impression of the tweet given. He tweeted like, I fully stand by my front office and coaching staff. So they're out. Yeah. We will continue (laughs) building the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. yeah, It could be one way or the other. It could be damage control or it could. Let me ask you guys, how does Steve Nash, how does Steve Nash come back from this? How does Steve Nash say, you know what? I am going to coach this. If I'm Steve Nash, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this crap. Right. Just, I mean, I guess I'm out. All right. We'll be right back with John talking more about the Celtics, including whether he thinks they slot in in the same general position for the championship picture this year and whether he's saying he thinks Jason Tatum can be a number one option on a team that wins a championship that doesn't just make it to the finals, but actually wins, especially after his cruddy uh, year this year uh, in the finals. So we'll get into that in just a second. But I got to remind you guys, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you're really depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. And they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and hoard them all for yourself. Like all built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty chocolate covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And what's great about built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Yeah, I guess the last person, I mean, well, so you could argue for one that Nash has never truly gotten to coach how he wants, I guess, because he's been so under the thumb of Kyrie and KD. So maybe that's something that interests him to be like, oh, I would love a stress-free environment where I could just coach. But then the other side of that coin is, um, you know, it's it, it's like even if he winds up getting fired eventually from the Nets, if he still wants to be in coaching, I mean, if he could if he could put together a good season or two still with the Nets without Durant and Irving and then eventually gets canned, like Kenny Atkinson found work again and was going to be head coach of the Hornets before Jordan seems like cheaped out on that deal. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there's, there'll be work for him if he wants it. I think he, he'll probably go to like commentary or something though. To be honest, he's probably gonna be like, I'm over this whole coaching crap, man. He doesn't need it. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Um, but I think we can uh, we can finish up, John, uh, just with some final thoughts on the Celtics because, uh, you know, as Knicks fans, look, as, as much as it sucks to admit, the Celtics are a team that is a, a team to look up towards and be like, I would love if my team could be like that team right now. You know, they've made some prudent decisions, especially like with moving Brad Stevens to the front office, uh, installing Udoka as the head coach. And, you know, the little moves that they made this season that really put them in that position to make it to the finals, the moves they made this offseason, like getting Malcolm Brogdon for what I thought was really not much, like a pretty great upside bet there um, for a guy that could even potentially come in off your bench or something if you want to try to keep him healthy. But how do you feel about the moves they made this offseason? How do you feel about the Celtics going into next season as, you know, where they rank in the hierarchy of teams that could compete for a championship next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I put I put put them right in that that class at the top of the East, for sure. I mean, Milwaukee, um, I think Philly has the potential to be in there. Miami obviously finds their way into the top four, kind of all the time, no matter what. Uh, we'll see what they do uh, if they make a trade. But I think Boston's in that mix for sure. Um, I think starting with the moves this this season, getting Brogdon, like you said, for. Uh, you know, the, the, the best player going out in that deal was Daniel Tice. So that's, that was a great deal. It was a deal that if you, you proposed it to me on Twitter with the trade machine and said, who said no, I, I might've blocked you, you know, like this is just not so outrageous to even suggest a, what was it? Five for one trade. I'm like, no, that never happened. And it did. So, she goes to, you know, shows you how, what I know, but I consider that like they, they had the big Evan Fournier traded players, uh, player exception. I kind of said, kind of equated it to, they basically used that um, to, to get uh, Brogdon because it worked out the same. And it, it was kind of weird how that happened, but I think Brogdon is a, a, a good, a great pickup because he can, he can play one, two or three in, uh, Giving, uh, giving Tatum and Brown a little extra time to ramp up, giving Brogdon his fair share of minutes without overloading him too much and trying to keep him healthy, um, making sure that he was cool coming off the bench, which he has promised that he is, and not upsetting Marcus Smart, who you you know is in. Uh, I, I like him as the starting point guard. And I think he's kind of a little sensitive about that, that spot and take, took him a long time to, to get to that starting point guard spot. 
into immediately bringing Malcolm Brogdon and had the potential to be a little iffy there, but knowing that he's coming off the bench kind of was like, okay, that's good then. So I think Brogdon can be really, really helpful. He obviously can be a great spot-up shooter as well as a, a guy who can run the pick and roll. So that, that helps. You know, the Celtics lost in the finals because they had no depth at all, and they just they ran out of gas. They ran Tatum and Brown to the point where they just – they, they just didn't have it anymore. I think all, all of those turnovers that we saw were a product of those guys trying to do way too much with no gas left. So this is going to help that. Gallinari is going to help that a bit. And, and we'll see what the Celtics do. They still have two traded player exceptions for almost six and almost $7 million. So, and they've got Peyton Pritchard, who's an interesting young player that could maybe grease the wheels on a skid, uh, grease the skids, for a um, a trade of a you know bench player, uh, an upgraded center spot maybe, so they they still have tools to even upgrade during the course of the the regular season. So I like where they are. I loved the hiring of Ime Udoka, and it worked out perfectly. He's exactly what they needed. I didn't think coaching was an issue after the Brad Stevens kind of Danny Ainge thing, but um, and it, it wasn't an issue. But this is just. Also, the shakeup was good for them. And and Udoka is just – there are a lot of teams that didn't hire him. They're just looking they, – they have to be walking around their front offices going like, we we passed on this guy? Uh, he's just – I think he's just great at the NBA level uh, dealing with players, uh, the, the accountability and all of that stuff. That's that's been that's been big, and and Brad Stevens a pleasant surprise in the in the front office role. Um, I wasn't sure, but he's you know coming out of college. We all saw him as a coach, but recruiting and and getting guys to you know building a team is part of a college coach's you know responsibility. So this was still something that he had to do in the past, and. It's worked out. I like I like how he's approaching things, and he's a little bit more liberal with trading the the first round picks than Danny Ainge was, and I think that this is the right situation to do that. So, so far so good. I, I no complaints. I think these guys are a really good team. They're really well run. The team the, the owners are spending money at the right time. So everything everything's on the upswing, and and with a little bit of luck and hopefully some better in, better health. Well, the Celtics have the chance to be right back where they were this past June and, and getting a chance to win a championship. I think I can guess your answer, given that he was two games away from doing it. But do you feel like heading into next season after a disappointing finals and, and, a, and a grueling run to get to that point that Jason Tatum is ready to be the number one guy on a championship team? I mean, yeah, I, I do think so. I think I think the the loss will be uh, in a way good like i i've seen I, I being in the room with tatum after loss after loss after loss um over the course of the regular season like they started out 18 and 21 it was so disappointing and even in in the year oh, wait, wait, Kyrie, quick to point out the nadir of that the rj barrett buzzer beater yes absolutely they point they point to that game had to get that uh, in there. very often they point to that game every single time so yes you know you can bask in the glow. You have a little. You had a little hand in that, um, but Tatum has always been very cool about the losses. Like, you look, this is the NBA. Loss, losses happen. 
basically we didn't want to lose, but sometimes you lose and you got to learn from it and move on. He was just very, not cavalier, but he takes it in stride. He, and he's always good about that. And then after the finals loss, I mean, I've just never seen him in that kind of space. And it was, it was kind of interesting to see. I mean, it's exactly where you want a guy to be in that situation, but it was still interesting to see because you don't really see him like that very often. And I'm just hope that he and Jalen Brown, like take, take the things that they did wrong to heart, understand why and take this off season to, to build on that stuff and come back better than they were before. So um, it's still, he's still 25 or 24. These guys are still young. There are still lessons, but you mean, obviously, obviously you want to win the championship, right? But I think, I think if they had won the championship, that would have been obviously great, but I think it would have, it might've like solidified some bad habits. I, I maybe optimistically think that losing this one could maybe mean winning an extra one later and maybe be more successful because of the lessons that it taught these guys. Um, it gives Ime Udoka that extra hammer to hold over them. So I, I, as much as the loss was disappointing, I think coming out of it, these guys can all be better. And I think the internal improvement is a big reason why they'll, they'll be right back where they were. All right. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. So John, thanks so much for coming on, giving us first off some great perspective on Danny Ainge talking through the Brunson thing and everything and giving us the opinions on the Knicks. And then uh, just talking about the Celtics, as I said, you know, much to the, the chagrin of Knicks fans, a, a good organization to want to model yourself after in the NBA yeah. and, and obviously a division rival. So, you know, a, a team that we like to keep an eye on. So appreciate, you know, the perspective on them going into this, as you said, don't remind me fast approaching new NBA season. It feels like the last yeah. one just ended somehow. And we're in like month yeah. three of the off season. Uh, right but right. at any rate, other than the locked on Celtics podcast. And of course, uh, at John underscore Corrales on Twitter, is there anywhere else you want to let people know where to find your work and all that good stuff? Yeah. I mean, obviously locked on NBA as well. So mm -hmm. talking about the league as a whole and, and my work on Boston sports journal, a um, little more, a little more abstract stuff in the off season, but uh, uh, I am particularly um, happy about the piece I just wrote about comparing eras. I think that's, Something that uh, any any team, the fan of any team, can can uh, appreciate. I, I think comparing errors can be good and give people a really good perspective on what used to what used to be. So ho hopefully, people check that out as well. The cameo, John, you got to hammer the cameo. Yeah, the cameo. Yeah, <laughs> pay me fifteen bucks to say stupid things. <laughs> yeah, if you can pay him to rule, say the Celtics Knicks are rule. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the same page all right we'll wrap up on that thanks so much john uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon you got it guys thanks